The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. We are rolling. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and just getting by in the hot part of the summer. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we have probably about two weeks' worth of tech news to catch you up on. And um, I have a short, hopefully helpful hint about things Google is doing with their Search and their Maps app here in the pandemic world to maybe make it a little bit easier to figure stuff out. In the Q-Zone. Yes, here in the Q-Zone. So, Kaiser, have you watched anything? Uh... No, no, I've been seriously, I've been working. I've been oh, diving man, into working. work. Yeah. Although I must admit, I'm not ashamed to admit this. Just to clear the palate, little My Little Pony never hurts. All so right, just so you know, My Little Pony cleanse the brain. Yeah, you know, I get into the whole thing about the the young ones, the mm-hmm. young mares trying to get their cutie uh, marks. You know, it's uh, it's nice, it's sweet, it is brainless. You go away for twenty two minutes. You don't have to think about anything except weird flying horses. All That's right, so it. it's a relaxing thing. It is I- very relaxing. I um, watched The Old Guard on Netflix, uh, the Charlize Theron movie, where she Ooh, once again plays a, a butt-kicking warrior-type lady. That's her thing now. That's her shtick. Yeah, she, she's got it down, uh, you know, after Atomic Blonde and the Mad Max movie. And, you know, she, she's been doing these uh, for a while. That Mad Max movie was awesome. Yeah, it was it most was excellent. Really awesome. Although, after all of those fight scenes in the desert, I really wanted to go moisturize. But um, <laughs> it was... Uh, but, yeah, she, she's really... She got her, her action... Star Stripes, and I believe because this week is San Diego Comic-Con, which is virtual this year due to the pandemic, mm-hmm. they're putting all their content online. I believe it's free. You can go to their website and sign up for all of these, uh, you know, the usual panels and then star fests and things. But there is a whole hour of just uh, Charlize Theron talking about her action career. So it nice. m- might be something for people who are fans. But yeah, it was a good Saturday night movie. Not going to change the world. And it was directed uh, by a woman. So um, it, it definitely had a little bit more of a chill pace and not just constant things blowing up. There was some of that, but, you know, it was it, it was integral to the story. I got to watch the Harley Quinn movie again. Oh, the the, uh, the, the one that came it. out. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I, I think it was a little underrated. I think it was, it wasn't given a, a, a fair chance, but I liked it. And you know what I am going to watch though? The documentary watch? on Disney Plus. It's like, a, a sh- they do like short documentaries. I think it's like half an hour. I think there's four or five of them. I don't know. But on Solo. Oh, okay. Because I, I know Solo. you were a big fan of that one. I am a, a huge fan of that movie and I don't understand why it's getting such, you know, why it got such bad press, but Everyone, watch the movie. You'll like it. If you're a Star Wars geek, you'll definitely like it. And if you're totally into the entire Star Wars universe, let me tell you, wait till the end. You're definitely going to like it. Mm-hmm. Okay? No spoilers, but you're going to like it. Yeah, we'll see with no new content coming out uh, this summer, very little of it. We do have time to go back and and rewatch some of the things that maybe we sped by in the hurly-burly of daily yeah. life uh, before yeah. we were all uh, sort of spending more time at home. So Trapped at home. Yes, a perfect opportunity to uh, to spend your isolation revisiting Absolutely. old classics. And you know what? We've gone about, what, three, four minutes without telling people to wear a mask. Oh, yes, yes. This is just your public service announcement from Pop Stop Jam. whining. Every three minutes, I'm going to tell people. Yes, wear a mask. Shut up and wear a mask. Mm-hmm. There's a certain demographic that tends to not wear them in the city. Yeah. 
uh, the AirPod demographic of young, uh, yes, yes, young folks. And you know, I'm kind of, I'm getting the dagger eyes down, you know. But yeah. I think there should just be like the universal, perhaps the uh, universal hand sign of displeasure, you know, just point to your mm. face, and then the universal mm-hmm. hand sign that might be, uh, yeah, you know, a exactly. way to express our feelings exactly. about that. If you don't wear a mask, just on principle, you're a you're a jackhole. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yes. An Can we say ass hat? I think you can. Mm-hmm. I think we can. Yeah. Yes. No. Wear a, mask. Wear a mask. It's it's better for everyone. That's Should right. we do some news? Uh, we got news. Yeah. There, well, there we have about two weeks of news back up. I'll put nice. all the fresh stuff here on top because you know we'll go back in reverse chronological order. That's right. That's right. But the, the the big thing that happened last week, which uh, a lot of people were talking about, that massive Twitter hack. Were, were you Twitter. following that? I was caught up in it. Oh, your account was shut down. Uh, yeah, my around? account was shut down for a while. Yeah, I thought I, I had done. I thought I had done something bad. I thought you had reamed out the wrong person. Yeah, no, but it was a blue check thing. Oh yeah, the, the, free they, the blue checkers. Yeah, they they were shutting down the verifieds for those who were perhaps on vacation last week or, or just tuning out or, or didn't care. Uh, Twitter did experience a security incident over the accounts of presidential candidate Joe Biden, Elon Musk, and uh, suffice it to say, dozens of other well-known people and celebrities. All their accounts got hijacked and then began to post false messages related to a Bitcoin scam, you know, send me a thousand dollars, I think, you know, in Bitcoin. Anybody who falls for this stuff at this point in the world, I think, probably deserves it. But even though maybe it was, you know, a few, you know... Innocent-minded people, and I think there there was a significant amount of money that was collected. I believe it was like over you know between a hundred and three hundred grand of people who fell for this. But um, really, hopefully, hopefully fell. For it? Yeah, people sending money. So hopefully, you know, because this was a Twitter security thing, I hope Twitter is going to reimburse these folks. But it wasn't a massive operation pulled off by Russia, Iran, North Korea, or any of those other countries that have uh, previously shown a bit of hostility to the United States. As the New York Times reports, the whole thing began with two hackers who were teasing each other over Discord. You know, they were sending online messages and and sort of riling each other up, and then they start yakking. And then I think a couple other uh, hackers uh, joined in, and they were all, you know, sort of shooting the breeze. And then uh, one of them uh, was able to grab internal Twitter credentials when he found a way into Twitter's internal Slack messaging channel and found information there, along with the servers that gave him access to Twitter's servers. Um, that was one theory of how they got in. I think there was probably a uh, element of the uh, spear phishing where mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. are able to trick people out of their passwords and logons for very, very powerful accounts. But uh, regardless of how exactly they got in, they got in there and they just started messing with all of these famous people's accounts. Uh, Twitter took a few days to sort of deal with it. And I I think they threw the kill switch on a lot of the blue checkmark, the verified ones, uh, which I I must have not been posting that day or didn't care, didn't notice. But um, if you were shut down, I'm sure they they took out a whole swath of people who they thought might have been targets for this. So, uh, So Twitter, finally, you know, they do their internals. And I think that's still an ongoing investigation. But they did put up a statement, uh, I think, at the end of the week on their little uh, corporate bird blog there. Uh, It said, at this time, we believe hackers targeted certain Twitter employees through a social engineering scheme. Really? Yes. Who knew? The attackers successfully manipulated a small number of employees and used their credentials to access Twitter's internal systems, including getting through our two-factor protections. So whatever, uh, you know, they had in place to uh, stop uh, basic attacks, uh, these hackers swept by that. Uh, Twitter continues... 
As of now, we know that they accessed uh, tools only available to our internal support teams to target 130 Twitter accounts. For 45 of those accounts, the attackers were able to initiate a password reset, log into the account, and send tweets. So that's where the Bitcoin stuff came from. We are continuing our forensic review of all the accounts to confirm all actions that uh, may have been taken. In addition, we believe they may have attempted to uh, sell some of the usernames. So it gets better and better there. Wow. Nice. So they're still working on this incident there at, at Twitter Security HQ. Uh, in the meantime, I guess we can be glad that, um, oh, you know, no wars were started from uh, fake tweets. Uh, but, you know, it's only a matter of time before somebody does this again. And could we really, like, have something major in the world happen because of a social media security fail? That's the part that scares me. I mean, the Bitcoin stuff is so predictable. and Yeah. And in the overall scheme of things, relatively harmless, given the fact that Twitter has become a uh, governing platform these days. Kind of scary to think of, of what could happen there. Yeah, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Yes. I'm yes. going to say nothing. Say yes. nothing, so, um, Pedro. Yes. Pedro stays quiet. Think about, think about the ponies. Yes, the ponies. My little pony. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll continue to see how Twitter digs itself out of that hole. Um, I have to admit, though, initially, I thought it was parlor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're trying to get non-conservative wingnuts. Mm-hmm. Well, not that all conservatives are wingnuts, but conservatives, comma, and wingnuts yes. onto their platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not biting. So they're actually offering money. On oh, Parler, really? By the way. Oh, so you can you can make a few bucks if you go over I'm there hoping, and I'm take thinking, abuse you know, and- if things get tight, I might just, you know, yeah, you know give me a couple like- of bucks. Give me a Metro card. Mm-hmm. It's probably <laughs> like, you know, donating plasma, except for a less noble cause. You know? Exactly. So well, let's move on to some non-Twitter news. Um, yes. eBay continues to do some corporate streamlining. Uh, as you remember, uh, they sold off the StubHub ticket service last year, I think, for about $4 billion with a B dollars. Mm. Uh, and now the online auction giant and uh, Weird Al Yankovic muse has agreed uh, to sell its classified ads business to the Norwegian company uh, Adventa. I can't even pronounce it. Adventa? It's it's some Norwegian company that bought his classified ads. Thing starts with an A for yeah. nine billion with a B dollars. Nine billion, wow. Yeah, that's again. You know, well, I guess this is where all the classified ads went when they left the newspapers. I'm gonna say Adventa. I don't know. It's probably a Norwegian. A D E V I N T A. I'd say Adventa. Adventa, yeah. I'm always throwing extra, you know, vowels in there too. That's but right. um, but yeah, That's for right. nine billion dollars, they got uh, eBay's classified business there, and the online auction site has been on a selling spree uh, as a result of, I guess, they've got hedge fund investors on their board now, and they've been advising the company to uh, boost its stock share by getting rid of businesses that don't really, I guess, are you know, are considered core to to eBay's mission. So all non-core businesses, the hedge fund board people want them just to throw and you know sell them off and. Really yeah, tighten the focus there, yes. So, uh, so, so that's uh, what's going on with eBay. Spotify, they are adding video podcasts uh, to its <laughs> offerings. Free and premium users can tune in to podcasts like Book of Basketball 2.0, Fantasy Footballers, The Misfits, H3, Morning Toast, Higher Learning, and others. Rooster Teeth uh, even has one uh, for mm. creator-made audio and visuals. I think they've got it set up that if you are just listening and just want to hear the audio, you can still do that. But I guess now there are uh, video and, and uh, visuals to accompany some of these uh, selected shows we we've done video podcasts before though and not us personally but yeah, general, yeah but yeah but yeah the world because i remember uh during the 
podcast 1.0 back in the mid-aughts, everyone did their audio and, and we're rushing there and then they were very earnest shows. And then someone decided, oh, we can put all of like the network news as video podcasts and put those in our podcast channel and we can get Washington Week and other PBS talk shows as video podcasts. And iTunes used to have separate charts for them, too. Yeah. So so it seems like this is kind of a deja vu all over again thing. Yeah, um, you know, they never stuck the first time around. I don't get it. I mean, I guess I guess. Spotify just wants to have more content. I don't know. Who was that guy, that tech dude? God, I'm embarrassed to have forgotten the dude. They used to have like that whole like thing in San Francisco where he had all sorts of tech podcasts and he did the video thing. Oh, uh, Leo Laporte. Yeah. Leo Laporte. Is he still doing his thing? I don't know. Cause he had like, he did like a show every hour for like, he did a show every hour and then he had like 50 million other people doing shows. And then I, then I stopped hearing about him. Yeah. No, folks, if you are listening to this, let me know if Leo Laporte's okay. Yeah. You know, let I us mean, know. He could just be just constantly cranking them out and, and we've just, you know, because he could be they're like always totally there. totally swimming in money and we don't even know it. Yeah, well, I, I think he probably was because, you know, he yeah. had some deals and things. But He um, was definitely doing all right. And he tried to change the name of podcasts. Remember that? To call them what? What did he call them? Vidcasts or, you know, something like that. Something that clearly did not stick. Exactly. Apple has announced it plans to become carbon neutral across its entire business manufacturing supply chain and uh, its product life cycle. They want to do this by 2030, which is uh, 10 years from now. So that's pretty ambitious there. Yeah, 10 years, yeah. Yeah, uh, the company's global corporate operations are is already carbon neutral uh, as of today, but this new goal will mean that every Apple device uh, sold will have net zero climate impact, and uh, they're going to be using things like recycling and renewable energy sources and other environmentally conscious efforts there uh, to make this carbon neutral thing come true. That's not all Apple's been doing. I have another item from them later in the show, but this is just what they did uh, most recently. So, yay, Apple, yay, net Apple, zero but- climate impact. Can you tell them not to make the iMacs with like the fragile glass? My my new iMac already cracked. Really? The glass? Yeah. I, it, well, it's under warranty, right? You sending that thing right yeah, back? Yeah, it's in the warranty. I just got it. But the thing is, I got to schlep the thing in to get it repaired. Mm-hmm. Either that, or box it up and send it off into the ether. And you know, oh yeah, you know, to the uh, repair that. depot. Yeah. Now, so I mean, you know what happened? I got to be honest with you. My the arm of my microphone. Uh-huh. I pulled it down too far, and it cracked the edge of my hmm. iMac. I was very disappointed. I was sad. Yeah, no, the, I was and saddened. This computer is supposed to be like made of sturdy parts and things. So. Well, are, apparently the glass isn't. Yeah, and so are the Apple stores even open that you can go yeah. take it to a to, yeah, to get fixed? But it takes forever. You got to stay online. You got to stay on the phone forever. Waiting for somebody to answer the phone, mm-hmm. and then you got to make an appointment. And do you have yeah, the Apple support app that you can make the appointment right on your phone? I do, yeah. But as someone who is very close to my heart, mm-hmm. does not believe in using apps. I see. She believes in the people touch. I see. She believes in personal contact. Uh huh. So you were going to have a human interaction with whoever yeah. is going to be repairing the Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my life. That's All right. What I do. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, at least there's more than one Apple store in the city now. So yes, that's true. Just get that's on true. The, you know. I gotta decide which one I want to go to. Yeah, go with the one with the prettiest view. Although the Cube one is, uh, we don't have any tourists anymore. But the Cube one is kind of a schlep. But I don't know. I want to go where it's a cab ride. That's really? what I just want. the cheapest cab ride. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Yeah. No, I, I think you might have some crosstown opportunities there. I actually bought a tote bag for my iMac. Really. 
I That's did. a big tote bag. I bought a tote bag for my iMac. I'll show it to you next time. Mm-hmm. And then I bought like a, a thing for the, uh, like a rim, like a whatever, an edge guard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this is what annoys me about Apple, right? This is a perfect example about Apple. You have to buy all this extra crap so your investment doesn't go into the toilet. Mm-hmm. I spent a hell of a lot of money on this iMac, and now I got to spend more money to prevent it from breaking. To protect it, yes. To protect it. Same thing with the phone. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I got this beautiful aluminum and glass phone, but I have to put it in a case. Yes, to because put it in my Fort Knox case. And- yes. It just, I, oh, yeah, okay. I'm, my head's going to explode, so I think we should move. Happy on. thoughts. Well, well, let's um, let's move my on. Little now. Pony, yes, my little, little pony. Yes, your little pony. And and we talked about TikTok last week, and TikTok yes, had all kinds of headlines over the past oh, week and a half. Yeah. Um, Tik was very talky this week. Yes. Uh, so, so let us go back in time to even perhaps ten days ago or so, uh, where Amazon did an about face that likely gave many of its employees a bit of whiplash. For those who have forgotten the story or were not paying attention, the Uber Mega Everything store originally sent on an email to his employees telling him to delete the Chinese-owned TikTok app from any device that could access Amazon corporate mail. This was allegedly out of security concerns because a lot of people believe the Chinese government is sort of marionetting TikTok, even though, you know, the, the government doesn't own it, but it's a Chinese company, and so there's a fear there. So Amazon's like, oh, everyone has to get off TikTok. And then all of a sudden, like five hours later, they sent out another email that said, oh, never mind. That email had been sent in error, which to me leads to even more questions like, why did you have a fully written email telling people to delete TikTok off their Amazon-enabled devices? And how did that get out in the wild in the first place? Kind of sus. Yes. So uh, I am wondering if perhaps we sent it out before it got lawyered and the lawyer... Mm -hmm. Perhaps said, uh, well, no, you you can't actually do that or or something. But uh, anyway, so all the Amazon employees who were probably big TikTok fans probably had their hearts drop into their, you know, shoes because Mm -hmm. they would have to delete their favorite app. But then Amazon's like, no, 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 never mind. That was an accident. But uh, TikTok is on the sort of radar of a lot of people. It is the entertainment platform of the great pandemic. But the U.S. government does not like it. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the United States was considering a ban on the app over its own national security concerns. The Democratic and Republican national committees uh, have warned their staffs about using TikTok on personal devices. And they also don't want employees to use other foreign-owned applications just because there's this fear that because data privacy and security can be a bit lax on some of these, that confidential information could get slurped off that way. Mm. The uh, U.S. House of Representatives, I believe, voted this week uh, to bar federal employees from downloading TikTok on government-issued devices. This is part of a $741 billion defense policy bill. So a lot of people are like, no, TikTok is evil. And TikTok is clearly a little worried about all this. Um, they're trying to put some distance between the company and the Chinese government in Beijing. Uh, they told the U.S. politics site Axios that the company planned to add 10,000 jobs uh, in the United States over the next years because every time you know they get nervous, oh, we're going to make jobs here in the States. There's still some ongoing scrutiny there. But all this talk has led the voracious TikTok fans to become very, very anxious, uh, some even defiant, leading to talk of a nexus to YouTube or this other competing app called Byte, which I'm not familiar with, but I guess its main claim to fame is that it's 
would say, TikTok competitor. YouTube seems to be a little unwieldy for the type of stuff that yeah, uh, TikTok too much. does. Although they've been trying. Remember they did that whole 15-second video thing? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what, what's going to go down here. If the government does ban TikTok, I, I think there, there might be a, a large outcry. My daughter came to me the other day in a panic and told me, did you know that they're banning TikTok? It's like well, she's reading you know, the news. Yeah, then yeah, exactly. That I was that was you know I was touched by. Mm -hmm. She got it wrong. Yeah, it's like no, sweetie, they're not banning the whole thing completely. It's just some companies and the government and don't want it on talking some, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And then I explained to her that they might be taking personal information, and she was like, oh, "Really? It's like Ooh. yeah, that's why we don't want you putting personal stuff on mm -hmm. your phone there, Schmoopy." Mm -hmm. So is, is it all becoming more clarified for her yes. now? She sees yes. us in a, a personal mm -hmm. one. She is absolutely. All right. Maybe she grew up to be a, a security engineer or something. Nah, she's going to be a, she, she's got a lot of choices. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot of options. She's uh she's exploring a lot of options. I Let's see. put it that way. Well, you know, she, the, the young can do that, you know. The Changes by the it. week. Well, you know, she'll, she'll land on something eventually. So um, My son, of course, still wants to be a world conquering DJ. But all right. That's a different. Have, have you got him like the Fisher Price, my first turntables and all, all no, that? No, he's got a launch pad though. All right. So. Yeah, he does. He's got his little launch pad he uses with his, uh, with his iPad. So, mm -hmm. and he's, you know, he doesn't understand the basics of music yet, but or rather right. the, the basics of song structure, mm -hmm. but he's, he's got, he's got good rhythm. All right. So Very that's good. good. So are you going to sign him up for music lessons so he can get kind of the, the foundation of doesn't have the patience for it. Doesn't have the patience. He's walking around the house now making imaginary YouTube videos. So he also wants to be a YouTube star. All right. He literally will simulcast every single thing. I, when he's older and he hears this, he's going to be so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. But no, literally, he walks around the house and he will like say, hey, everyone, I'm here. You know, like, like he's doing a YouTube video. No joke. Oh, he wow. does unboxings. Mm -hmm. He does the gamer things when he's playing games. He will actually narrate his games. Oh, wow. It's like, wow. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, kid, I get it. You want a YouTube account. You have to wait yeah, until you're, you're 13, old yeah. enough. Yes. Not even close. Wow. You know. You got several, several years before that happens. Mm -hmm. Remember when we just wanted to be like, you know, on Star Trek? <laughs> I just wanted a remote control so I didn't have to get up and change the channel. That's what I wanted. Yeah, so imagine our YouTube videos, though. So, so, but has he shown with his DJing an interest in, in, I mean, you mentioned he doesn't have patience, but like if he got him a drum set, could he? Oh, you know? yeah. No, no. He actually has drum pads, too. Mm -hmm. He hasn't used them in a while because it's hard to set them up, but yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got the whole thing. He's very musical. They both are very musical. I think he is going to stick with it more than the girl. She likes yeah. to sing, but she was in choirs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Well, well, I'm I'm sure they will. Uh, they have a whole world ahead of them. So yeah, well, watch watch for my little uh, my little Panzer's uh, YouTube <laughs> videos yes. channel soon. Yes, as yeah. soon as he becomes of age, and you know, yeah, when a boy gets his first YouTube account. <laughs> um, I guess we should move on to the news, but uh, yes. we have some. That was the family moment. Yes, the family moment. Now, is the current political cauldron too hot for even Facebook to ignore? Uh, according to sources inside the social network, the company is said to be considering a ban on political ads right before the U.S. presidential election this November. 
Now, uh, keep in mind, decisions have not been finalized. This is people leaking from inside who are not authorized to speak. But uh, some chess players say the move could defend Facebook against accusations that allows false or misleading election-related content to spread across its site like a virus and influence people uh, just before they go to vote. On the downside, uh, if they are considering this potential political ad ban move, there are concerns that uh, voter motivational groups may not be able to do their last-minute get-out-the-vote campaigns uh, like they always do, or that uh, candidates may not be able to uh, respond widely to breaking news or new information You know, when the traditional October surprise always drops Mm -hmm. and people have to flood in to either explain away or amp up whatever got revealed uh, if Facebook is not doing political ads in. Maybe that's a little bit more muted. So so there is con- some concern on uh, both sides if they decide to uh, ban. And again, this is just something that uh, was, was touted, I guess, in a meeting that somebody leaked. So, so we'll see what they actually do. Also in Facebook news, uh, the company's meeting, I believe it was uh, Mr. Zuckerberg and uh, Ms. Sandberg, they had a meeting with all the civil rights leaders that did not go particularly well. Because, <laughs> it, did, it did not. No, it did not. Yeah, and, and there were many headlines and, and a lot of uh, frustration voiced on the side of the civil rights leaders who felt that Facebook thought it should get an A just for showing up and, and kind of <laughs> serve them up the same old cold cuts that they do at these meetings. <sighs> But uh, Jessica L. Gonzalez of the advocacy group Free Press uh, said the company's leaders delivered the same old talking points to try to placate us without meeting our demands, which uh, they wanted to have some staff positions there. And uh, they had a few other things that Facebook uh, just basically kind of ignored. And uh, as we just talked about on the last show, uh, Facebook has been uh, under fire and a boycott for its tradition of not fact-checking ads from politicians or political campaigns. Which, uh, as we know, helps the spread of uh, lies and misinformation across yeah, this platform. Yeah, but that's okay. They're going to get rid of them all. Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They fixed the problem. Yeah. Uh, civil rights groups also argue the company uh, doesn't do enough to remove the stuff when they do find it online. You know, Facebook, oh, you know, it's, you know, it, it's it's not our job to police the platform. Uh, so, so there's been a ton of uh, frustration there. And a recent audit, uh, I believe they released a, a long report about Facebook's efforts in this area, and the report itself found that Facebook failed to enforce its own uh, voter suppression policies and the laws about what kinds of things can be posted. So they have all these rules, they're not even enforcing them. Kind of like the GDPR, you know, it's like you have all these rules, but unless you lock them into place and make people obey, then then nothing really happens. It makes no difference at all. I got to tell you, I'm gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. And I don't use that word loosely. You don't. Yeah, my gob is smacked. Yes, that that Facebook would that, that uh, Facebook would ignore their own rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's just gob smacked. Yes, that right gob there. has been properly smacked and bow- oh yes. yeah, no, it's uh, it's very um backhanded. Too, yeah, right, right there. Yeah, and it just feels like. Well, I know Facebook has, has been around since two thousand four, but it really kind of came into its own four or five years later. So we've been through a few election cycles with it, but every election cycle, it's gotten worse, and yeah, it seems to be just worse. you know overrun here. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I every day I think about you, you know, saying ta ta to the platform and living a happy life, and yeah. you know, figuring out how I need to do that myself. Honestly, I I mean I keep repeating the same thing. I I don't miss it at all, and I'm I'm wondering why people are are staying on the platform. I mean, it's it's not a judgment, but it's just doing so much damage. It's like really, like just it's eh, well, who am I to say? But hey, I'm off. 
Yeah. My my own personal thing is I don't miss it at all. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with me, you know where to go. Mm-hmm. You keep it simple. I keep it simple, yes. Sirius XM has made a deal with the EW Scripts Company to buy the Stitcher Podcast Network and Production Company. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a uh, $325 million with an M dollar deal uh, that also includes Scripps's other podcast-related business. And now for those following the, the tale of Stitcher, Scripps bought it in 2016 for $4.5 and then uh, combined it with Midroll Media, which they had bought for $55 million, I think, the year before. And so they had their own kind of burgeoning podcast empire with all these parts. And now they're getting ready just to roll it over. According to EW Scripps, the $325 million price tag represents a return of more than 100% in its investment in podcasting over the last five years. And uh, Stitcher, I guess, made $72.5 million in 2019. So wow, they have okay. some, some podcast profits there. But the question is, why is Scripps getting rid of it? That's the thing that I'm I'm like, okay, you you really dove in. They really dove in, like, feet first. It was like, okay, well, podcast, we're all in. And now, okay, we're gone. Yeah, we're done. it's like, did you not see a path forward? Are you pivoting yeah, to something I mean, else? Exactly. That, that's what concerns me about a deal like this. It's like, why did they make the deal? I'm not sure that Sirius was really. I. I mean, I understand that they're they're they have to dip their toe in the whole podcast world, but I don't see where they were that desperate to get mid roll and Stitcher. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But they have Pandora, mm-hmm. which they could have easily morphed their algorithm. You yeah. know, they're the, it's fantastic. I'm still a fan of Pandora. Yeah, no, Pandora's been great for what going on 15, 20 years now. The genome oh, yeah, and all absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But hey, you know. Yeah, neither one of us are business majors. Not at all. Not even close. Yeah. Now, Apple, which previously promised to put $2.5 billion uh, to help with the housing crisis in the state of California, has announced it is allocating more than $400 million of that toward affordable housing projects with uh, homeowner assistance programs this year. So Apple made this grand pronouncement. Now they're actually rolling out some cash to back it up. The funding uh, will support thousands of Californians with first-time homebuyer assistance or uh, new affordable housing units because I guess they do have to build there. Uh, San Francisco and that whole valley area has gotten completely overloaded with tech companies. And so Apple is doing its part, putting some money in, helping to uh, uh, alleviate some of the crisis there. It's painful to see what they've done to San Francisco. It's not the same as it was even 10, 15 years ago. (sighs) All right, well. Well, it's been a few months uh, since it made its middle of the pandemic debut. Um, so let's check in on Quibi, shall we? <laughs> you know, little Quibi. Quibi. The, the short form video platform with the big, big backers. It's doing fantastically well. I can only imagine. Uh, it's such a fantastic idea. It pro- It's like it knocked everyone's socks off, right? Yes, you are broadcasting from the Bizarro universe. I am indeed. Yes, <laughs> yes. I am indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, Quibi, uh, not so much. Not so much. Uh, According to the mobile analytics firm Sensor Tower, uh, which took a look at the conversion rate after Quibi's free 90-day trial period ended, Sensor uh, Tower, you know, they, they basically they track the first few days of the free offer period uh, when I guess about 910,000 people signed on. But they found of all those people, you know, which was kind of getting close to a million there, yeah, um, yeah. once you get in the high 900s. Impressive. Yes. Uh, they found that of all those people, uh, only about 72,000 stuck around and converted their oh. memberships to paid accounts. I guess that's a conversion rate of 8%. Um, wow. Which is probably not up there in uh, what you would call uh, profitability. Wow. 
That hurts. Yeah. But but again, they didn't look at people who may have gotten the word that it was a great service and signed up in May or June. Uh, they were just looking at the, the sign-up period there in April when, when Quibi rolls out just as the country is shutting down and going into lockdown. And, and Quibi is hoping that perhaps people's uh, attention spans will be short enough to want to dive in. Apparently not With so all much. all the extra time that they have. Yeah. 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 So, right. so, uh, wow. so not so okay. much. Uh, but but a Quibi spokesperson challenged the Sensor Tower report and said uh, over 5.6 million people have downloaded the Quibi app uh, that was downloaded, uh, not particularly using, I think, in that phrasing. And uh, it also claimed that Sensor Tower's reported numbers of paid subscribers was incorrect, but they have not released their own data yet. So, yeah. so. So, so I guess we'll find out uh, soon enough uh, what what those numbers are. But um, yeah, they- I have absolutely no interest at all. And you know me, I've been watching TV nonstop. Yeah, and no I see the, the Quibi ads like they'll pop up, you know, on the Twitter feed or whatever. Hey, try this thing, and I, and I just don't feel compelled. No, um, there's no compelling reason to join this thing. I don't understand who would. Yeah, who would when you're in it? <laughs> even what is it, Gen Z? You know, not even millennials, Gen Zs, they're like watching, binging Netflix left and right. Or they're doing their TikToks, you know, they got stuff to do. Or they're doing their TikToks and binging Netflix. Mm -hmm. I speak from experience. I see my kids. Yeah. It's like, you know, you give them Hulu, you give them Netflix, and you give them TikTok, they're all right. Yeah. So I don't get it. Quibi doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, they, they, but what was it? One point eight billion dollars in capital. Jeez. Yeah, not 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 uh, perhaps the uh, the best you market move there. Quibi, get off my lawn. <laughs> get off my lawn, Quibi. Take your tiny little videos and just get That's out. That's right. Yeah, get out of here. Pick up after yourself. All right. right. Unless they figure out how to reboot, rebrand, and and get this thing out there, I did think it's going to be one of the more embarrassing failures. Yes, but you know, still, it's only three months old. So it's maybe they'll have a great right. renaissance. Growing pains, growing pains. Yes. Um, maybe we'll eat our words. Make me eat my words, Quibi. Yes, uh, but but it does sort of point to tech companies are trying to figure out what people want. And the big data and targeted content uh, is everywhere these days. And Hollywood is using a lot of analytics more than ever now to tell them what audiences are watching so they can make more of it. Now, this was a big report in the Wall Street Journal uh, in the past couple of days. And they took a big, deep look about how film studios are using uh, digital tools to gauge audience taste at every stage of the production, from mere script rumors, just to see you know if they float something in a forum, see if people get excited, uh, on to um, test screenings, and then even to the debut views in the theater, the streaming platform, whatever. So uh, they are really investing in these tech tools to kind of see where audiences are going. And what we're finding, too, is not every show needs to be a super, super blockbuster or Oscar bait. Uh, Some content producers are happy uh, just looking for hits within a targeted audience. Like if you get your cult hit or you're sort Mm -hmm. of middle of the road, reliable, the audience is nice and stable, Sometimes that's enough, and and they are really looking at these numbers and figuring out what's going to play, especially because a lot of the big franchises have maybe kind of run out of material or people have been around for a while, people are tired, and they're looking for new things. So all of these data tools and analytics are trying to figure out what people want based on what they're kind of watching now. So And it seems a little, I don't know. Sterile? 
Yeah, like there's like, well, where's the human soul that's picking these things? Yeah, basically. Yeah, so 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 not so much. Where's the artistry? Where's the you know? Yeah, it's like yeah, the, the figuring out what people want before they know what they want. You know that that not 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 in there. Um, but it was an interesting story though, just to see how sliced and diced and processed and clinical uh, some of these decisions are. So I will post a link to it on our show page. Um, the video game world continues to see fallout over misconduct and harassment allegations. We talked about this a uh, show or two mm-hmm. ago. Now, this time, it's two bigwigs at Ubisoft, uh, the company's chief creative officer, as well as the head of the Canadian Studios uh, branch. Ubisoft employees have been speaking out for weeks uh, about these guys uh, and their behavior in the company, and so they finally cut them loose. And I think this was right before a, a big Ubisoft uh, presentation or, or yeah, expo they thing. Have a- yeah, they have a yearly uh, presentation. Yeah, so, so dramatic timing there. Now, in security news, Mozilla has suspended the Firefox Send file sharing service while it looks into malware abuse. Firefox Send, uh, in case you missed it, was launched in 2019 as a tool for secure and private file hosting and file sharing capabilities for Firefox users. But the service is actually accessible for anyone using the send.firefox.com web portal. So, of course, who finds it? The hackers. The hackers. So the hackers find Firefox Send, see that it's a convenient parking spot for malware payloads, and then they just put their payloads up there, link to them in their phishing emails, and sent them out, and crime sprees ensued. So uh, while it looks into the issue, Mozilla is uh, disabled Firefox Send. It's also adding a report abuse mechanism, I guess, if you do see it being abused in a way, but... Yeah, not not really uh, thinking about the dark side there, I guess, when they... No, no. Uh, I mean, in a way, that's kind of sweet, but not really doing their job there. Yeah, you always got to play devil's advocate there. Yes. And finally, and in the finally. Western world's newfound phase of uh, social and historical awareness, even the Linux team is looking at insensitive terminology in its software development. As the operating system continues its upgrade and evolutions, developers have been asked to come up with neutral alternatives for the master-slave and blacklist-whitelist terminologies. Uh, suggested replacements for master-slave include primary-secondary, main replica, or subordinate initiator, target, or requester, responder. Now, as you go down the list, they get a little bit more yeah. engineering. So it's like, you guys, yeah. maybe, you know... Maybe that first one was actually okay. Primary, secondary? That sounds good to me. Yeah, that, that? that we, we, we kind of get that, you know, yeah. particular paradigm. But, you know, the, the engineers, you know, had, had all kinds of things. The requester responder sounds a little bit like 911. <laughs> so, so that was some of the ones. And they're not telling them, you know, I guess officially which ones you said. They're still talking about what they're going to change these terms to. Uh, proposed alternatives for blacklist and whitelist include deny list, allow list, and block list pass list, which, you know, they're mashing them together as one word, I guess. Uh, so it, yeah. so I, either one of those actually kind of makes sense, too. Going forward, Linux developers have been asked to use new terms as they work on the new kernel and the source code for all of that stuff as they continue to develop the software and the associated documentation. And apparently the Linux creator Linus Torvalds is even on board with this. Like I say, yeah, these are outdated terms. We're making inferences about black and white being good and bad, and Master Slave has all kinds of, of problems. So let's just get rid of them in our documentation and our coding and pick something new. So I, I thought that was kind of progressive for very for software it's engineers. So uh, so that's been a uh, look at the news. Uh, for anyone out there who wants to know more about the stories we talked about here, you will find a page of links at poptechjam.com. Up next, let's talk about Google Maps.
<laughs> Let's talk about maps, baby. Let's talk about Google. Yes. We're getting googly. Yes, we're getting googly. Now, do you find yourself still, is Google Maps your go-to? Has Apple Maps done anything to sway you no. after its no. rocky start? Absolutely not. On Google Maps all the way. MapQuest, actually. I'm MapQuest. No, really. You were going way, way back. I print out all my maps still. Yes, you like to have your blurry inkjet yes. version of the map with the outdated yes. directions. Yes, and those weird instructions. Yes. Uh, you know, print it out. Yeah, MapQuest, baby. Yeah. That's me. No, that was the thing with the printed maps, too, is a, a lot of times, you know, they would do the cartography and they would route some things where, you know, we're talking like 20 years ago. But they could never really keep up with changes like, mm -hmm. oh, this yeah. bridge fell down. You have to go a different way with the uh, the online stuff now and the ability for them to change the stuff on the back end so much. So, you know, that's why we have turn by turn directions that can route us around traffic. And oh, you got to say it right. Turn by turn direction. Oh, yeah. well, I was waiting for you to pick that up. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's an inside joke, yes. people. Oh, those days. Oh, yes. But uh, but but this you know this whole dynamic map thing has become I think really important too because yes we are in the middle of a pandemic as we mentioned earlier in the show. It's different everywhere you are in the country. You know, like it's different in the Northeast than it is in Arizona and Florida's having all kinds of issues and California just shut down again and. So you don't know what's open around you um, because it keeps changing there, too. Uh, but one of the things that Google Maps is doing, uh, they've actually put out a, a guideline of all the things that they've done to help in the COVID-19 era. And this is a pretty good list. And I'm going to post a link to it on the show page. But um, all, right, all, right, all, right, all, right, all right. Before you go on. Yes. This morning, I woke up, walked into the bathroom, looked at myself in the mirror. Now, usually I see my dad. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, I look in there and I say, oh my God, I've I become, I've looked like my father. Today, I walked in there and I look like a giant Q-tip because my hair is like puffy and white and round. I need to know if Google can tell me where I can get my hair cut. That's all I need to know, JD. I, I think that they can, well, especially because we're in New York and we're in phase three and you cannot get your mani-pedi, but I believe you can get a haircut now. So, Oh, thank God. Yeah, God. Google is trying to keep up with all of these phases, and the state and local government will also have updates. But what they're doing is they're making it very easy for stores or people who go to those stores or retail places to do updates for business-related activity. Oh, nice. Um, among the things that they outline here, you can mark a business temporarily closed, like uh, take you know restaurants and, and salons, for example. They had to close down completely. If they weren't essential businesses uh, in New York, they had to close down, I think, completely in phase one, unless some of the restaurants could do uh, minimal takeout. Yeah. But like salons, uh, barbershops, those were shut down. And so mm -hmm. people were able to go on Google Maps and mark them temporarily closed, not you know closed forever, not out of business, but we just have to lie dormant until it's safe to reopen again. And I, and I will post a link to the instructions to this, but it's very easy to do within the Google Maps app uh, where you just search for a place to select it. And then there's a thing where you can select and edit and um, do the um, change that you want to do, like temporarily closed or permanently closed or whatever. I think my favorite burger joint is permanently closed, and I'm sad about that. It's, yeah, I mean, we've lost so many, too, of, of yeah. just small businesses uh, that weren't part of big franchises that just simply couldn't make it. And it's heartbreaking, yeah. especially in the, the village where a lot of these were – really old and, and beloved yeah. like gem spa you know gone um, yep so um so you can also uh, suggest and you're not changing the map here you're, you're inputting suggestions so that something has changed here and so that the officials can can take a look at it but you can uh, suggest that a business is closed or it's moved because sometimes 
people are taking advantage of the real estate thing and they're moving to smaller locations. Maybe they don't need that big UPS store. They can get on with a smaller yeah. uh, area. Um, you can mark when a business reopens, which is a, a glorious thing if it's if it's yes. weathered the storm and it's reopening. Or we can just sing, you know, suggest edits, uh, like if the name is misspelled or if it's you know changed anything about itself. Uh, you can edit the entry. To another thing that Google is doing with maps is they are trying to make it as easy as possible to find COVID nineteen testing locations. Um, Ooh, and this is harder nice. in some parts of the country than others. Now, I know uh, in places where the virus is uh, really raging, uh, the wait for tests is really long, and people go in their cars, and it's just backed up for miles. New York had a similar situation in March and April where yes, people indeed. were standing out long and. And because of that, uh, more testing facilities were added. And so sometimes you don't know that, oh, I can actually get a test over here. And so uh, even when you just search on maps or COVID-19, it'll pop up locations in your area, clinics and, and that sort of thing where you can go and get a COVID-19 test. And so that is extremely helpful. I've used that before because we don't know what's going on with transit, depending on the state of your city. Is it fully reopened? Are they running on a holiday schedule? Google has also tried to update transit alerts as well. And uh, if there is a mask requirement, which more and more places are adding, that you have to have a face covering or if there's checkpoints or temperature checks or any of that. I'll just make it easy. I'll make it easy. Just wear a damn mask. Yes. Just, Period. Yes, just wear it. And there, there's so many ways you can, you know, also exhibit your personality on a mask. All the novelty of masks course. are coming out. You've seen yeah. the Darth Vader one. I'm sure the, the, perhaps you maybe bought one for a certain offspring. Yeah, well, you know what? I got to make a Poptic Jam mask. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I have the Dumpster Fire 2020 mask, which I've been <laughs> wearing a lot. It's it's just a <laughs> a wordless uh, dumpster with 2020 and then flames shooting out of it. And I also got one from uh, Walking Eagle News, which is a... Uh, indigenous people's Canadian humor site, uh, which I'm quite fond of. Um, All right. Yeah. Poptic jam mask coming soon, folks. Yeah. And there's just so many. I and mean, they're, they're having the, uh, the best mask in New York uh, contest. I think it just closed. Uh, but uh, Nicholas Heller, who has a very popular Instagram, New York Nico uh, was running it. And so of course everyone had the, the masks with the traditional uh, favorite word of New Yorkers on the front and some variation. There were some where they've mm. used uh, subway. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that word is. I don't don't know what that word is. Yes, I mean, uh, the word escapes me. Yes, uh, you know. it'll come back to you next time you drop something back on your foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but they have also one of like the Greek coffee cup that everyone in New York knows. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, of course, we are happy to survive. Yeah. So they've done all, the, and someone has the done fifty cent cup of coffee. I yeah. remember that well. Yeah. So, so New Yorkers are, are rising to the artistic challenge here. Um, but but again, yes, wear a mask before you go out and put your mask on. Uh, you can also find out uh, the restaurants near you a, if they're open and if they're doing takeout or delivery. And in some places, they're actually opening up outdoor dining. New York shut down a bunch of streets so that uh, restaurants could have this expanded space for outdoor tables. It actually makes it feel very European or even, uh, mm. dare say, New Orleans uh, out there because you can get walktails because they've changed the liquor laws around here. And so you can get a little something, something to go. And I got to tell you, I usually don't like eating outside. Mm -hmm. I actually hate hate eating outside, but I did the other day. I walked to one of my favorite diners and mm -hmm. they, they had tables outside. I sat down outside and it was a pleasant experience. It wasn't, it was, I didn't realize how much I missed being at a restaurant or sitting outside or, you know, just being amongst people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you've been in isolation for what, three and a half months and- Easily, yeah. 
just the mere fact of being able to go, and especially if it's a neighborhood, like it's your local and you miss them and you're mm-hmm. worried about the place's survival, or you just miss the food and being able to go up there. And even if it's just a, a takeout window and you go to pick up an order, just to be able to, to see some people who work there who you know, just to get the food. But yeah, they're, they're sitting down at a table. I did this uh, at, at a local place and, you know, you have to drop the mask to, to drink. And, you, you know, you try to socially distance with whoever you're dining with. And a lot of places are putting up these big plexiglass windshields between tables, so it feels a little surreal. But yeah. it's still you are engaging in a social experience outside of your house that you have not done for a quarter of a year. So it's, right. it's wow. kind of refreshing. That's heavy when you say it that way. You know, breaking in these quarter time chunks. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, so, so uh, Google is doing – and I've, I've used this. If I search for restaurants and they've got a little bar that says, uh, you know, across the top of the entry, if it's doing pickup or – delivery or what the state of that restaurant is so that's been very helpful again you, you know you do see the sad ones are the ones that permanently has closed uh, but you also get updates from the restaurant may i just interject here for one second i have nothing against seamless but if you find that your restaurant is open try calling them and see if they make deliveries because number one from a personal standpoint i hate paying like 15 dollars extra for french fries order of french fries (laughs) you know what i mean it really it kind of irks me a little bit but secondly it helps the restaurant more than if you go through a third-party app yeah they don't have to share the they don't have to share and a lot of times if there's a problem with the order they're the one that have to eat the cost call your restaurant first see if they're making deliveries that's what i've been doing and you know it helps, and I. It, it seems that they really appreciate it. So anyway, yeah. nothing against Seamless, mind you, or Grubhub, or many of the other yes, food. Yes, but in honor of the restaurants that we know and love. Correct. If you care about the, your local restaurants, try that. So again, these, these are some of the things that Google Maps is stepping up with. They've also got, you can uh, find and book online services as places begin to open if you're trying to get a haircut or if you're trying to get some sort of appointment. Did I mention Q-tip? Like, seriously, like a Q-tip. It's just wavy and flowing. Oh, no, 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 no. Right now, it's wavy. There's a lot of product no, on this right now. I think you're now. starting to look like, you know, the man who has everything. Or the most interesting man in the world from the Dos Equis commercial. <laughs> it's the know. beard. It's the beard. Yes. But uh, anyway, uh, that, that's just a little bit of a look of what uh, Google Maps is doing. Again, I'll post a link to the documentation there, and it's got links to to um, how you tap and find the things to do. But it is an effort, uh, I think, by Google to kind of give some sort of normalcy and information we need. Like, we've been inside for so long, we don't know what's out there, and maybe it was open and now it's closed again. You got to know that, too. So You do, indeed. So uh, just little little tidbits of info for our ever-shifting landscape here in, in, uh, you know, the pandemic land. Very nice. Yes. So, and that, that's a all. triple H. Yes, triple, triple H. H. Uh, and that's all I got this week. So we should probably quit, you know, nattering on and let people get back to what they were nattering. doing. Are we nattering nabobs? Is that what's coming? We might be. Here? We might be doing a little nattering, a little jawing, a little. But you know what? Before we keep nattering, we should thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it. Yes, and thank you, listeners. Uh, we hope yes. you are thank getting you. on okay wherever you happen to be uh, sheltering from the ongoing public health emergency. We hope you are safe and sane and just getting on with getting on. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Stay safe, everyone. Yes. Masks. Yes, wear, wear masks. Mask, yes. Dipsticks. Wear fun masks. Wear masks. Yes, uh, and so until next time when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Wear a mask. Mask. Oh, PTJ mask coming. Yes. <laughs>